Welcome to the table. Today, we have a conversation with Pastor Jeremy Johnson of Fearless LA, discussing everything from church planting to his new book, Declare War on Fear. And if you'd like to get your own copy of that book, click the link below. We hope you enjoy this conversation. So <clears throat> tell us about planting the church there. I mean, yeah. how many years have you been there now? Uh, we just celebrated 10 years of, of wow, planting. Wow, that's awesome. And, and awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's, been a, it's been a journey. I mean, in church planting, you know, anybody that's watching that's thinking about doing that or, or has done that, uh, it's like dog years. Yes, it, you know, each yes, year yes, is yes. full. Some years are even longer than others, For you sure. know, and, and um, so many moments to just give up or, or get caught up in the wrong things of, of, of metrics because right. metrics are just completely right. different of like, how do, how do you know if you're doing well or you're doing the right thing or mm-hmm. um, because now you're the leader. For sure. Um, you know, going from the youth pastor, you can blame a lot of things oh, yeah. on someone else <laughs> of why it's not this and why it's not that. But now you're the buck stops with you. For sure. Mm-hmm. And so tr- plant, planting a church and then especially in the place God asked us to plant the church, mm. I think planting a church is 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 difficult in any city. Um, um, just like giving birth was difficult for my wife and, and yeah. raising a child. I, th- I think it's a lot in the same. Um, and each child is different, right? right. They all have different personalities. <clears throat> sure. and so mm-hmm. the church is like that. It was totally different from the church we came from. And a lot of the same things we were believing for, mm-hmm. but the people were this whole new group of people. Yeah. And, and then God just stuck us in downtown LA. That's you know, awesome. we, we, you know, I, I said never LA. <laughs> and so we tried to go to Orange County first because right, right, it's right. a lot more like, <clears throat> well, yeah, just relaxed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. A little less, little less homelessness yeah. and mm-hmm. a little less problems and, mm-hmm. and crime. And, but then God put us in LA and then I said, okay, God, I can go to LA. Just send me to Westwood or, yeah. or Santa Monica. And, right. and then God Malibu, all these put areas, us yeah. in downtown LA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we knew that because there was a nightclub that we ended up in mm. that, um, like just the, the owner of the nightclub watched us on the screen. We were, we were bouncing around from nightclub to nightclub. And mm-hmm. the reason why we ended up in nightclubs is we, we saw this, this, uh, sign that said on a nightclub, best visual display in all of LA. Right. And we were praying for where to have church. And then mm-hmm. when we looked up that nightclub, it used to be a church. Wow. And they turned huh. a church into a nightclub. And we said, well, why can't we turn a nightclub into That's a church? That's awesome, man. And so then we ended up bouncing around nightclub to nightclub. They can only have us for a couple of weeks. And then this one nightclub, we ended up one week. And the owners watched on the security cameras in the right. room me right. preach. Mm-hmm. And he's just a Jewish man and, mm-hmm. and uh, business guy. He's not a nightclub guy. He's just a business <laughs> right. guy that owns a nightclub. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, while he watched, he heard a voice um, that told him, go tell your wife, sorry. Wow. And I say, this is the great, the great first modern day miracle in our church. Cause For sure. you know, a man <laughs> is telling his wife, sorry. And that's, it's not the voice. That's, that's, yeah, and he wouldn't apologize. And, um, <laughs> and it was like a, sorry, they were like almost about to get a divorce kind of situation. Wow. And here's this wealthy businessman, and he just, he, it's not even my sermon. Here's his voice. Yeah. Here's God. Mm-hmm. And he tells his wife, sorry, they make up. It saves their marriage. Wow. wow. And he comes to the staff, and he says, whatever that church is doing, I want them here every week. Mm. They're going to be our church. And, uh, and, and he meant that because wow. uh, he, he said, um, he, they, they called us, they tracked us down. It was pretty expensive, that nightclub, per mm-hmm. week. Sure. It, it was $10,000 a week to wow. rent that nightclub. We didn't have that. We had to randomly be be there. Yeah. And it's just the cost of LA. Yeah. And he said, you name your price. You tell me. And so we, we named the lowest price (laughs) I could think of. And she said, well, I don't know, but let's see what happens. He heard a voice, you know, maybe he'll uh, hear another one. Then he came back. He said, yeah, I want to do that price. And I want to give you the basement. So you don't have to rent that U-Haul anymore. You can store your stuff here. And he said, every Easter I want to give you for free. And, uh, and then on Easter, we'll promote it to our nightclub, our, our Instagram. They had like 70,000 followers, wow. you know, rough followers. Uh-huh. And they would uh-huh. promote it every Easter, like that we had this outreach. And so anyways, we stayed there for six years. And, and um, you know, I forgot the question you were asking, but, no, was, but it was obvious that God was like, you're downtown. Yeah. You know, that was a downtown nightclub. And I was like, never downtown because yeah. downtown's rough. Right, man. right, it's right. $20 parking. 
it's skid row, 30,000 people sleep on the streets. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're showing up with your small kids. I have, I have three kids. I had two at that time. We're, we're pulling up to, to unload into the place so someone could go park our car. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there are people doing heroin every week in the alley. Mm. We walk our kids past people doing homeless people doing heroin in the alleys and, and love on them. Right. So then my, my kids would see me, um, treat those heroin addicts as our members, mm. you know, on the way in, Hey, can mm-hmm. I pray with you? Or, That's you know, awesome. the security's trying to protect us. I'm like, no, 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 this right. is like part <laughs> right. of the ministry this right here. This, this is where we Jesus. are. And, um, so, but it's been a beautiful thing. Now we have a building and, um, we're right there 30 feet from the Staples Center or Crypto Center now. Right, right. And, um, we're always praying over the Lakers. You know, <laughs> prayers haven't all the way worked yet, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, we have, that. we have a parking we have our own parking. That's and, unreal, man. And uh, it's just been exploding with growth and, and, and people getting saved, people coming back to their faith. Um, a lot of pastor's kids, uh, surprisingly, that go to our church and that have lost their faith and right. coming, getting right. saved. Wow. Um, so it's been a beautiful <clears throat> thing. I mean, in, in COVID, when COVID broke out, um, you know, everything was just shut down, sure. especially mm-hmm. downtown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, our government was like, we'll sue you, we'll fine you, you right. know? And so I was just trying to figure out that balance. I, I want to be in the news, but not for that, <laughs> yeah. not that guy. Right, I don't want right. to be that guy in my yeah. city in sure. the news. Sure. I wanted to be in the news for loving on people. And, mm-hmm. and so I said, okay, we're going to pause in person meeting and we're going to figure this out. And uh, so, but the Lord told me during that time, I want you just to love and to serve. And so we started a food ministry. Yeah. We didn't have a food ministry. During that time, we gave out over 4 million pounds of food wow. um, in, in the COVID Jerry. times. In fact, the government ended up hiring us to give out food because people were taking right. the free food and selling it. Right. And so they couldn't trust anyone. So they said, we heard you guys are doing food. So they paid us a dollar per box we'd give out. Hmm. And, uh, and Uber would come pick it up and bring it to people. And so we paid all our volunteers that lost their jobs wow, through that. That's awesome. Wow. And then there was this parking lot next to our church. And I thought, man, we're giving out all this food. We're meeting all these people, but we, we they're so fast. It's they need more than just this. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I said, we gotta, we gotta just at least have them come in their cars or something. And, and I, I want to preach to them. And I'm tired of the camera behind yeah, the screen. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and so yeah. we saw this parking lot. We couldn't get a hold of the owner. We kept calling, calling. Everyone abandoned downtown. And so there's a story in the Bible. I told our staff, I said, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus needs a ride into town. And he tells his disciples, you're going to find a donkey tied up. Now, mm-hmm. if the donkey's tied up, it's someone's donkey. Right. Mm-hmm. True. True. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, if there's a lock he doesn't on say that there's donkey. a wild donkey out in the wilderness. Uh-huh. He says, there's a lock on the donkey. Uh-huh. Untie it yeah. and bring it. If anyone asks, if anyone catches you, right. <laughs> in other yeah. words, tell them Jesus needs it. So I told my staff, there's a lock on the gate. We can't get a hold of the uh-huh. owner. So here's some bolt cutters, <laughs> cut the gate, yeah. and we're going to have church there. That's awesome. And if anyone asks, we're just going to say, Jesus, Jesus needed needs this. it. <laughs> and so we did that. For six months, we met under the freeway in downtown wow. LA. We set up outside seating in case anybody wanted to get sure, out of their car. Sure. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people just stayed in their car and they'd honk on amens, That's you know, awesome. and, and I had to wear, I had to wear headsets just to hear myself because the amens were louder than right. ever before, you know, right. and, uh, during that time, people would get saved during that time. And then we just give food on their way out. Right. Um, started washing cars as well because people were scared to get out of their cars oh, to yeah. wash them. Right. So we started washing people. And people would put signs in the window, um, you know, in Spanish or English. Right. Thank you so much. That's you know? amazing. And, and so, yeah, that, that was <clears throat> the church that God gave us. You know, and you know? it's amazing because, like, I mean, the statistics are, are pretty dismal with church plants. I mean, after yep. five years, 90-some mm-hmm. percent of them. Mm-hmm. Don't wow. exist. I'm so glad I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. nobody told you that. <laughs> you should have called me before you. <laughs> yeah. I could have really encouraged you. But no, yeah. that really is. It's yeah. like wow. it's like 90 percent wow. after five years don't exist. Let alone in the middle of downtown LA. Let alone yeah. in the middle of COVID. Let yeah. alone you know all these mm-hmm. things. And to yeah. watch what God has yeah, totally. has mm-hmm. done and and is doing. I mean, mm-hmm. through fearless yeah. is really it's amazing. I mean, it's yeah. always. It's an incredible thing. It truly, to see. I think it truly is resonates with that scripture of if if you don't give up, there's a harvest if you don't give up. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think um, there's so many times I wanted to give up because when you, when you plant a seed, there's a season where you don't get the seed, the growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even when it's growing, mm-hmm. you're watering sure. dirt. You're yeah. wa- mm-hmm. I felt like there's so many times where when I'm preaching, I feel like I was watering dirt. You know, like. One person comes, 10 yeah. people leave. You know, one person 
loves you, 10 people are offended, you know, sure. and, and, and you're just trying your best to, to travel, to make ends right. meet and to, you know, work maybe a side job or a side hustle, you know, and, and, but if you don't quit, you win and, and, uh, and God wins. And, and it's like, here's the question. How many, how many apple apples are in the seed? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how valuable is that one seed that you planted? Yeah. And, and it's the que- the answer is unlimited. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and so, because there's unlimited trees that have unlimited right. fruit and it's, it's funny with the apricot seeds because there's a sermon in that. Yeah, for because sure. Because my kid, like, so, so story is I, I got these apricot seeds I'm going to force you and, to and, tell story. And what, this is the first time I've told this story live. I'm really trying to be into health and <laughs> eating right and doing gauge. the right thing. And, and I'm trying to, I go deep into the rabbit hole of uh, conspiracies, you know? And so mm-hmm. I'm, I got this thought about these apricot seeds, right. these, these, these bitter apricot seeds. And so I order them and they're supposed to be healthy and the superfood. And, and so... <laughs> <laughs> Please don't buy them. Listen to the whole thing. About or at least read the instructions. So I get them in and my wife is sitting there. And I go, well, how many of these seeds do I eat a day, you know, to, to be healthy? And right. she goes, I think they're like almonds. You just, you just munch on them. Right. And so I open the bag and I start going 10 seeds in. I start giving them my kids. I'm like, these are like a little bitter, but they're, you know, my kids are eating them. And then my daughter, she's just real inquisitive. She's 11. She goes over to, to Google or Google a uh, little a voice speaker and she goes, Hey Google, you know, um, what are the health benefits for, right. uh, you know, ap- uh, apricot seeds? I want to know what my dad's giving sure. me. And, and then it says, do not eat <laughs> if you're a kid, it's fatal. Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, wait, <laughs> wait, and, wait. I, and it says, then don't eat more than three a day. If you're an adult, start at one. Right. And so I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, we're in, the, I take him to the bathroom. We're throwing up, I, <laughs> I, you know, we call the ambulance <laughs> Long story short, you you have to wait 24 hours. The, the poison control said 24 right. hours, they digest in your body. And when they digest, they release cyanide. And this is why their health, people think they're a health benefit because you eat one and it kills these parasites. Or right. Anyways, long story short, um, I got a, I got an illustration out of these because uh, <laughs> I was sick. I ten, I lived. Number one, I lived. <laughs> so the Lord the is lived. good. I had the, the whole church the, praying for everybody me. Everybody lived. About yeah, I, and now I read instructions on yeah. everything. Um, but I, I told my my kids were like, Dad, why would God put poison mm. in seeds? And I said, Well, kids, it's so that the animals won't eat too many of these seeds. It's mm-hmm. the it's the protection God put in the seed, mm. so that the fruit will come. Right, because God's okay right. with them eating the fruit, but mm-hmm. not the seed. Wow, mm-hmm. because the seed has the power of more fruit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, but it's that seed that's that doesn't have a taste. I mean, in my case, it was almost poisonous. Right, <laughs> you right. know, and God put that poison in there. And but but the picture of that seed, the protection of that seed, to do everything to protect that vision that God gave you. But but when you put it in the ground, it looks like you're burying yeah. it, but you're really planting it. Mm-hmm. And then you're watering dirt. I mean, you know, people like to go move pastures for greener grasses. Sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I always say the grass is not greener on the other side of the fence because it's on the other side of the fence. Right. It's greener there because someone watered Somebody it. Somebody watered yeah. it. Yeah. And so how did I make it through this? I just kept watering it with my tears, <laughs> watering sure, it uh, with my prayers. And, and like, I think that God honors that trust and that faith and it builds something in you so that when the fruit comes you you don't take the fruit lightly yeah you 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 go okay there's another seed in this fruit there's more that god wants to do and and it and you know the value and the pain that came to see that one soul saved for sure and and you you see it different and so you know church planning is not for the faint at heart it's not for the not called right Mm -hmm. right it's not the cool thing to do it's it's not fun yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, and and people used to always say, are, "Are you having fun?" People, pastor would come in and go, "Man, are you having fun yet?" Right, right. And me and my wife would just bold face lie to them, like, right? Sure. Yeah, we're having we're loads having of fun. Ten people just left. We couldn't pay this bill. We don't even know where we're gonna live next week. Mm. Our kids are going into this school that we don't want them to be at. Like, yeah, we're having a blast. Yeah, we didn't. Don't is... wish we left that youth ministry right. that we had a full time right. job where at. You were, yeah, and thriving and exactly. And uh, <clears throat> and then the Lord spoke to me. He said, "They're asking the wrong question." The question should be, are you fulfilled? Yeah. 
because being having fun and being fulfilled are are two different things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's stewardship. Like being a parent isn't fun, right? right at all times, right. but it's fulfilling. Fulfilling for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're literally taking care of another human. Exactly. But that's what it feels like as a church church pastors and planters mm -hmm. and leaders. No matter if you've taken over a church, yeah, because there's a whole different. Oh man aspect to that right i mean tell us about that i mean oh, that, well, that, it, you know, <laughs> that, i know i'm on the podcast we've, we've never I mean, had we've so never had a problem wisdom. so it's like uh, yeah. No, yeah. You know, when you wow. take one Praise over God. it's all like thank you Lord, for your angels and <laughs> yeah and that's his bold face that I yeah I, yeah, so. yeah. I, I just yeah. think it's this you know i love what paul says when he talks about all of these hardships he goes through and he says you know i've been beaten i've been shipwrecked i've been this yeah. i've been that i've been stoned i've been, I've been all these things and it's it's interesting at the very end of this whole list of things that we see as these really unbelievable circumstances for a leader to go through. His last comment he says is, "And I and I carry daily the weight of the church." Mm. So he equates the weight that he's carrying for the, mm -hmm. the ministry he's been called to, and you know the young Timothys and planting and all these things he's doing, and he's like. <clears throat> Just like being beaten, being shipwrecked, and I carry this weight. There is a, there is a fair amount of maybe even anxiety. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That Paul is wrestling with in terms of these these new churches he's planting in places mm -hmm. and leading in in very hostile environments of cultural. You know, just mm -hmm. I mean, these people could lose their lives. They could right. lose yeah. their they could lose their life. They could lose their their incomes. They could lose everything mm -hmm. because now they're a part of Christianity. So. Mm -hmm. I think no matter what you're leading, <clears throat> there is a there is a weight you will feel as a senior pastor. And I've, I've you've been on staff for yeah, years. I've been on staff for years, and <clears throat> you'll never feel it till you sit in that yeah. chair, and mm -hmm. it's that 200 pound weight vest that you put on that you never take off. You go on you go on vacation with it. Yeah. You go to bed at night with that vest. Yeah. You wake up with that vest. Now there's a grace. Please yeah. don't get me wrong. I think yeah. you know just what you're saying, like. But this idea that, you know, planting has sort of become, at least it seems like it's become the nouveau thing, you know, just, yeah. you know, it's Everyone's the, it, the thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's literally, I'm talking to guys saying, I can't even find a youth pastor anymore. And I'm like, well, they're all planting churches at 23 yeah. and a half, you know, yeah. and like. Nothing wrong with being 23 and a half, but... You have to start at 16 for youth pastors But now. dear <laughs> Lord, like seriously, like, man, I'd hate to think, yeah. you know, um, if, especially in this day and age with social media and videos and all this, I'd hate to right. think what would be recorded when I was 23 as a, as a mm. youth pastor, if I were a senior, my gosh, that would be, yeah. that would be horrendous. But I think no matter what you're doing in a lead spot like that, um, there's a weight you carry. Yeah. I mean, that you're carrying, not like a weight that you're on. The, oh, I'm yeah. saying like, there's just this yeah. thing and you don't ever really get to take it off. And no. yes, there's a grace for it, mm -hmm. but you know, it is. I mean, yeah. like mm -hmm. you're here speaking here and enjoying yeah. this environment, but there's a part of you going, okay, I need to get back because yeah. Sunday's coming, mm -hmm. you know, or, yeah. you know, I got to get with these people and, oh, I got to care for those people. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and I think it's, so I think whether you're planning, whether you're leading, yeah. um, yeah, you know, signing up, counting the cost yeah. for that weight. Yeah. And and there's a weight to taking on a ministry. Yeah. Same way in a different I have several friends that have uh they started planting. Right. And then now they inherited another church. Oh, absolutely. my friends he inherited a church. Yeah. And he's trying to merge his planted church with right. the inherited church. And he's like, This is actually harder than it, it is. was over here. No, I, yeah. You know, like now I have the building and I have right. the budget. It's a hostile takeover. Staff, mm -hmm. But it's, <laughs> it's like, a blended wow. family. Yeah. yeah. It really is. Yeah. And there's pastors out there that are called to both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's some people that, it's, it's that have amazing. special gifting. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I think everybody wants to go plant. Everybody wants to go multi-site. And again, I'm for all those yeah. things. I think God's 100%. doing some amazing things. Mm -hmm. That counting yeah. the cost though, like, you know, that first campus, same situation. Somebody came to us and said, hey, we want to do this. And of course, in your mind, you're like, oh, this is fantastic. And we knew yeah. it was the Lord even. Mm-hmm. But I mean, jokingly now, I still have a few of the people left over that were a part of that that kind of merger. It's what we called it. They called it a hostile takeover. <laughs> but but really, I mean, it's all perspective. It's all yeah. these different views. Yeah. And so um, it's a challenging thing no matter what you do in ministry. Mm -hmm. But there is a grace for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's yeah, why you got to be called to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Yeah, you know, that's the key. Mm -hmm. If God's called me, then I can realize there's a grace for it. That mm -hmm. grace, that supernatural ability to do what God's called me to do. Right. You know, if I'm doing this on my own, if I've sent myself, man, there's a million things you could do with your life that would be that would be better, mm -hmm. you know, in my opinion. So mm -hmm. 
So I don't know. That's it's. And I think that I think COVID in that era made everyone relook at life and go, "Is this what I'm called to do?" Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was a great off ramp. Mm-hmm. In many ways, so if you true. were like, uh, maybe I'm not. Yeah, yeah. this is so my chance to get this out. This is my chance, and I yeah. had that moment. I, re- I remember that moment for me in my garage. I had this little tiny garage. You don't get very big garages in yeah. LA. Yeah, And I was working out in my garage. It was more like a shed. <laughs> and I just remember, like, we didn't. Church was this kind of like. I mean, we we're having church, sure. but all meetings were on Zoom. Every, everything was just different. And I remember hearing the voice of God say, "Is today is now a good time to do something else." Mm-hmm. You know, whether that be traveling, just maybe just doing a podcast, whatever yeah, it was, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Not that any of those things are bad, but it was the question for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just really felt like, no, like, God, this is what I want to do. This yeah. is like what you've called me to do. Yeah. And it was like a new, uh, but here's why I want to do it. It was the why. And I think for me in that moment, it was like, I want this to be about legacy. I want this to be bigger than me. I want to raise up sons and daughters that plant churches. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just been a post-COVID, our church, I think, finally, for me, I finally let go of all my my metrics and just said, God, yeah. whatever you want to do. There's a bit of relief in that. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. the things we used to value so highly. Well, here, here's my problem. We, we When we start to... When we started to plant the church, before we planted the church, God showed us this this video by Stephen Burdick mm-hmm. called This Is How We Change the World. And five years in, I mean, it's like, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's on Easter, the egg drop. Mm-hmm. And five years in for us, it wasn't like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like I was fighting to get there because I thought that's what God showed me, but I put my timeline on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And so... It's finally at five years, I think I just finally just let go and just mm. like, oh, you know, God, I'm just going to love on people. Yeah. And if, and it, whatever you have for me, I'm excited about that. Yeah. And that's when our church finally started growing. That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, and now it's like just exploding in that downtown, which is just not normal. I mean, it's like a weird area to, to build a church. Right. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's not safe. It's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just, yeah. but the Lord is on it. Yeah. And, um, well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. obviously. So, so you said that you, your hope is to build legacy yeah. through this with yeah. sons and daughters. And so what do you hope that your children are learning yeah. as they're watching yeah. you and their mom yeah. co-lead, yeah. co-pastor? Totally. How, how, how would you feel if your little girl were to walk up to you and say, Daddy, I'm going to plant in yeah. downtown New York? Yeah. Like, I mean, let's just... Yeah. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but, I mean, isn't that what happens, right? It they is. watch us yeah, pioneer. Hopefully. And and yeah. because of that, they're going to become pioneers. And, 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 and we're going to be like, oh, like our parents were. Right. Like my parents were. Right. Um, you know, my parents, all three of their kids are in full-time ministry wow. mm. and they're not they They, they, you know, their ministry is us, mm. right. but they showed us how to love God and how to trust God. And so because of that, we became like that. I think, you know, just this Sunday, my daughter, she's 11. Uh, her name is Lyric. So mm-hmm. I have three kids. I have Lyric who's 11, Brave who's 10 and Arrow who's, um, four. And so those are our, our kids. And so, Brave is the age of the church. He was born uh, like around the first Sunday of the church. So wow. our church uh-huh. is 10 years old. And so er, uh, Lyric just started leading worship on our revival nights mm. with my wife, like a backup singer. Wow. But she's like, she's just got something about the uh, purity in her love for God, her devotion. Her name is Lyric. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, sure. oh, she's always singing. She's mm-hmm. always writing something. And we, and it's funny because Brave hates her singing all the time. <laughs> and he's That's like, a brother. stop singing, stop, please. And he'll right. go crazy. She goes, it's my name. Yes. I can't help it. It's yes. my name. Blame them. <laughs> and, they and, named yeah, me. Blame them. And Brave hates his name because, you know, but um, it's just so beautiful watching their destinies unravel braves mm-hmm. a full-on into soccer that's his thing but but mm-hmm. he's playing soccer and he, his whole thing is if i become pro one day i'm going to use this to glorify god that's awesome and and so we're just keeping that you know whatever they want to do but we know what we're praying into them mm-hmm. to become yeah mm-hmm. and so we're sowing into that right because i think we should mold that i don't think we should just be like whatever you want to do and just you know i think we should help shape that yeah. help mold that like okay if lyric you're called to sing and lead worship i'm gonna make you do guitar lessons yeah for sure and she hates yeah, guitar steward lessons. that yeah. she mm-hmm. hates but if i don't 
make her, and, and I'll, I'll have those talks like, hey, I know it's not fun. I know your hands are hurting, mm -hmm. but you have a call right. to lead worship. Right. I can see it on you. Can you see it on you? And, and she's like, yeah, dad, okay, okay. And so, so they'll go through the pain. So good. You know, as, as young kids, they don't understand that that pain is valuable. And so right. I think it would be the greatest um, good job as parents if our kids had a longing to give their life fully to Christ, not just in salvation, but mm -hmm. making him mm -hmm. Lord. Mm -hmm. Because I think making him Lord looks like whatever I do, it's mm -hmm. going to bring glory to God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And whether that's being a businessman or, or leading the church or, you know, I, I want them all, you know, to, to be here, here, here's something else. And you were asking about my wife earlier. Mm -hmm. There was a season where I would raise up these young men and then God would, they, you know, or, or young women or, you know, whatever. And they, and they would, become so good at what they do and then they would leave me mm -hmm. and go somewhere else and do that and that's fine that that's the process right, right? you raise right. someone up and they outgrow the house at some point or whatever or at least the house i was building sure. sometimes you can find and now i'm learning to find rooms before the person sees it and, mm -hmm. and you're, you're having vision for them yeah. right but there was this season where I'm just training all these guys to do stuff. And then as soon as they would learn, then they got what they needed sure. from me. Mm -hmm. And God said, why don't you train your wife? Mm. <laughs> She's not going to leave you. <laughs> right, you know, and if right. she does, the church is going to fall apart. She anyway. may kill you. So my wife didn't preach. She was a worship leader. Mm -hmm. And God spoke to me to start teaching her how to preach. Wow. Mm. And so... I told her and she got, almost got mad at me because she's like, no, I don't preach. I, I sing. I lead worship. And I said, well, I, I think just like our house, God gave me this illustration, just like our house, when she speaks, our kids hear different. Mm -hmm. We true. could say the same That's thing. That's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. and, and we could say the same. We could read the same script, but it's heard different and received different out of her voice than mine. Mm -hmm. And so I said, just like our kids hear different, don't you think our church family will hear it different? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I said, it's not about you performing or being good at something. Mm -hmm. It's just the fact that you who do you it, are, mm -hmm. yeah, that it comes through yeah. you. Mm -hmm. And so at the beginning, she was like, "Well, I'll do it, but I just can't write the sermon." So I was like, "Well, I'll write your sermon." So I was writing her sermons at the beginning wow. and mm -hmm. just sitting with her, explaining it, right, giving her the revelation that God was showing me, helping her get that revelation, mm -hmm. re-explaining it. She didn't go to. Bible college, like I did, I went to four years of Bible college. I mean, I've been preaching sure. for years and here she has to jump on this stage that I've mm -hmm. already been on and I'm comfortable with. Right. And she's like, she didn't get that runway. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I had to help her with the runway. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so she would preach these sermons and now some of her greatest sermons, she's writing herself now, yeah. you yeah. know, she learned, okay, that's how you do it. Right. That's how you get the revelation. That's, you know, I want to start, I want to write the intro. I want to, and it was just, it would, and the funny thing is, is some of those messages I just preached a month ago and people would be like, man, that's the greatest message I've ever heard. And it was, it was totally telling of how they heard it completely mm -hmm. different. Right. Mm -hmm. The True. same content True. through mm -hmm. a different messenger, different. And, and mm -hmm. then now the greatest thing is when I'm gone, she preached, right. you mm -hmm. know, right. and, 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 and my church didn't feel like I was gone. Yeah. Right. True. You know, they felt yeah. like I was still like my kids when my wife's there and I'm on this trip. They're still loved. Absolutely. They're still cared for. They yeah. didn't feel like mom and dad left them. They, they're they're right. barely going to hug me when I get back <laughs> because they didn't even right. realize someone was gone. Right. Right. Because she can carry that. And same thing with our church. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. And so, it, you know, we both are pastoring our church. We co-pastor our church. We mm -hmm. co-lead our church. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the pastor's husband and she's the pastor's wife. Yeah. You know, like we co-lead this thing. And not because of 2020, but just because I think that's how God... I think I see that in the word. I, I see agree. Deborah in the I word. Agree. I see I women of God in the mm -hmm. word. And, and mm -hmm. God's going to pour out on your sons and, and your daughters. daughters. Exactly right. Right. And they're both going to prophesy. Right. Right. So how do we shut down the prophecy in the church? Because we got mm -hmm. stuck on one little verse because of a cultural difference. You know, exactly. like we got to understand God <clears throat> wants to use our women in a powerful yeah. way. And, you know, every time Christy, she doesn't get any flack in our church, sure. only online. Online. Uh -huh. That's it's the only get. online to yeah. these yeah. online computer uh, people that are Googling their theology. Exactly. And, uh, and, exactly and really, right. when you get a revelation, every house, if this is the, if this is the house of God, mm -hmm. I truly believe if at all possible, every house needs a mom and a dad. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. the healthiest picture that we have of, mm -hmm. of a home. I agree. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you know, I'm not ultimately, you know, ultimately a father God. But sure. you we're stewards of his house. Exactly. Yeah, we're bearing no. his image. We're bearing his image. 
And, and so to the people he's called us to. I'm lead. just thinking when my kids get older, they're the greatest people to teach how to lead worship and how to preach, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and because they're not going anywhere, right. mm-hmm. they're not going to get offended True. next week and leave our church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and if they do, we have bigger problems. Right. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, there is such a thing, I think, yeah. you know, biblically as a familial anointing. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes that can get weird and all of yeah. that. But, you know, there can become nepotism where it's abusive. But yeah. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, I mean, it's a family yeah. that mm-hmm. is being poured in generation to generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, just because I've had a bad taco at a taco stand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. doesn't mean that exactly I'm never right. going to eat tacos again, exactly you know, right. because I think we do see, oh, the legacy of this family and, yeah. and like I'm offended because it was right. weird and right. some mm-hmm. pastor had his son lead and he wasn't a leader right. and, and he wasn't called to that. And it's like, well, that's all through the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. but then absolutely. thank God for that because we ended up with Samuel, you know, like there mm-hmm. are, True. God is always in charge yeah, absolutely, right. and God will use anything. He'll, he will allow Saul to throw uh, spears at David mm-hmm. and, and use that to cut Saul out of David. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he will use everything you've been so through and you right. don't have to protect yourself. God will protect you. Yeah. Right. And God will fight for you. As, as soon as you fight your battles to all those that are offended and frustrated with church, yeah. mm-hmm. then, then God doesn't fight for you. Yeah. Right. But the moment you just say, okay, God, you know, and I'm, and I look here, here I am. I've come from a church where my pastor, when I was a youth, in turn had an affair on his wife mm. and there was weirdness and there was offense and there was hurt. Sure. But God spoke to me and said, instead of running from the church, will you run to my bride? Mm. Because that's still my bride. Right. And just cause a man messed it up mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I'm not in it. Yeah. And, and I want you to, to become what you didn't see. Yeah. And um, and so our family, we want our family to become the healthy version that's awesome. of what it looks like. for. And people need that. I mean, yeah. the family has been so, you know, just undermined and disintegrated culturally to mm-hmm. see a healthy, godly, and, normal, and our family loves our our yeah. church loves our family sometimes more than I love. Exactly, you know, like they love. Yeah. I'm like, well, hey, hey, he's not that cool. He's yeah, not yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hey, yeah, yeah. tone it down. You're blowing right. up. Well, I think up. to love you and your wife <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah. Love your kids well. Yeah. I mean, that's always the thing it's as a my dad. Favorite thing. Yeah, yeah, like if you're favorite. loving my kids, you're loving me, totally. and you're loving me well. So and my wife. Yeah. I want to talk about your book. Let's yeah. let's let's talk about declaring war on fear because I could we could sit yeah. and talk about women in ministry and and we, we feel specifically even just a burden on our hearts to address that even oh. within the culture because there's uh, here's what I believe in, in in our journey and I would have been this. Um, I, I think most people have drawn their conclusions from Paul's, you know, three or four different verses. And I'm not minimizing that. Um, I think it was very significant and important in the culture that Paul was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And this is also a secondary yeah. issue. This is not about getting you to heaven or not. Yeah. I, I just, right. it drives me nuts when people are like, well, I can't go to that church because there was a woman. And I'm like, no, yeah. this is secondary. And you like, need to cut out the genealogy of Jesus. Absolutely. Right? He, in his culture, that right. was not okay, was going into women and women that were prostitutes. And, and yeah, <laughs> and, and his, his disciples, men and women. And you got to cut out Moses, who yeah. his you mom cut saved out him so in a basket in the river. Mm-hmm. You got you to so, cut out Samuel. You gotta, you it know. goes on and on. But the yeah. thing is, is a few verses, and here's what I believe. Most people are not studying really what what is Paul saying? And even comparing yeah. Paul, because Paul himself endorses Junia yeah. as an apostle. Mm-hmm. He endorses Phoebe mm-hmm. as a deaconess. He, I mean, he totally. endorses women. Totally. So mm-hmm. here's the same guy you're using as your proof text, and mm-hmm. he's the same guy going, this woman led this church. This woman, she's a great deaconess. Yeah, this mm-hmm. cancels out your understanding of this. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to right. look at the whole picture. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't have the right uh, pretext, you want right. the right context. Right. So you got to look at all of it. You got to right. read above and below and, and you got to mm-hmm. look at the whole book. Mm-hmm. But we live in a patriarchal yep. society by and large. Totally. And yep. mo- what I believe is most people have just heard this or, and maybe read this, but most of them have heard this. And because our culture is shaped this way, it's sort of just, well, that, okay, well, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and so rather than for me, I'm going to be like, oh yeah. And yeah. I would, I would have said it best. I, you know, I don't really like using the egalitarian and compliment because I feel like it's fairly diminishing, diminishing. and it, it's yeah. like, it's like, you got to label everybody. Cause I think there's all levels of yeah. in between. And I think you got to figure it out. And, mm-hmm. and, and, but the thing I will say is, um, you know, for me, I would have been what I would have called a soft complementarian in the sense of like, well, yeah, I think, you know, okay. But yeah, I also believe that because I've grown up, you know, in, in persuasion where women preachers and, you know, prophesy all these things. Um, and so 
I think when I began to study it all the way from Genesis to the end times, you know, outpouring scriptures, Mm -hmm. what I see, the overarching narrative of scripture is that it's about men and women together building the kingdom of God, not one over the other. And and, and listen, yeah, I mean, God does put the man as the head of the home. Right. You know, he, he, you know, but I think it takes a strong man. Right. To to lead in the right way, right? right? Like it's not weak for right. a man no. to have a wife that is a leader. You actually have to be a stronger man. That's and you have exactly to have right. be a strong wife and a strong woman right. to 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 run in the right lanes, right? My wife doesn't dishonor me or, or like, oh, you know, I'm the leader and you know, no, we're we're le- we're we're one flesh now. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. We're we're, you know, if you heard from her, you heard from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If if we're leading in the right way now that right. we're married and this is our, you know, and so there's so much that I've learned from my mom. Yeah. So much I've learned from my dad. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for both their voices in my yeah. life. That would be so weird to call us the family of God. Yet right. We can't have a mom yeah. ever Only talk. the guys can talk. Mm-hmm. The mom has to always be silent. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's not really how it works in a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Paul said they should be silent in yeah. church. And so. Yeah. <laughs> it's one yeah. of the most misconstrued scriptures yeah, I totally. think of all. And, and, you know. and, and it's because the men weren't leading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, yeah. the men weren't leading their homes, so the women were having to ask the right. questions. Hey, what's he talking he was, about? He was really confronting the men, not the women. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He was confronting them for not dealing with hey. whatever the confusion was in their home and, and being men that Go were Go home and disciple and help yeah, your wife and your teach family. her. Mm-hmm. The, you know, it's like if a kid, it would have been the same thing if a kid would have been standing yeah. up asking a whole bunch of questions. He's like, hey, I'd love to deal with that right, right now, right. but I'm trying to teach. How about you? take your kid uh, home. Can yeah. you, can you deal with this in your house? You yeah. know, be silent in church, meaning while I'm preaching, <laughs> we need you right, to, right, right. we need you to stop talking. And it was, re- it was actually the women revealing that there was not leadership in their home. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think, right. you know, weak men will look at that and just quote that one thing. Exactly it's like right. taking one clip out of context. One, mm-hmm. you know, people will take my clips and and if it doesn't have a scripture in there, right. they're like, oh, no scripture in this. I'm like, oh, well, I had a 40 minute yeah, message. Yeah, watch the whole thing. Where I only <laughs> right. did five minutes without scripture right, right. You, mm-hmm. because I needed to show that, exactly. you know, so you have don't set take a whole it out of context. With scripture. Totally. Like you could yeah. have a lot of weird beliefs if you do that. Absolutely. I mean, go, uh, you know, go and do likewise. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, uh, you know. Jesus wept. Well, so is Jesus always crying? Like, like, you know, like uh, there's a lot of, don't play Bible roulette. Yeah. 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 In a bad place. Right. Exactly. I always love that, you know, greet one another with a holy kiss. Well, women can't, you know, cause Paul said this and I'm like, well, are you kissing each other at church every week? Cause he also, you know, they also said that. We do at Archie. No, do do you? That's (laughs) why fearless is, is growing fantastic because you're a, you're a great kisser. It was really difficult in COVID, but I want to talk about, about declaring war on fear. Um, I think obviously you've written this book. You wrote it actually kind of pre-COVID. Pre-COVID and pre yeah. like talks of World War III. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Well, here we are. <laughs> it's almost as though there's war. always something. I'm like, okay, is this still a good title? Okay. Yeah. It's a good title. Mm-hmm. Uh, you I think know. it's always a good message. Yeah. It's a, it's a right. profound message. Yeah. You know, what's crazy is that I, I didn't know how to write a book. Yeah. I felt like the Lord told me to write. I, I did horrible in English. Uh, and so when God spoke to me to write a book, I said, no three times. Right. And then, um, my staff was like, kept coming to me. God's telling me you're supposed to write a book, pastor, right. uh, this revelation you're giving us. I'm like, ah, and then eventually the staff got together, a whole bunch of friends got together. I said, well, I just don't have a computer. And so I, I don't have wow. a computer that, that works good. And, and so they all got together for my birthday and bought me a computer. Wow. And after that, I'm like, oh, well, I kind of have, someone buys you <laughs> They're a computer. Removing I'm like, this excuses. is So this expensive. is a guilt. This <laughs> is a get, guilt gift. To pay them back, and I so had to I would just say, okay, I'm going to, if, if I got time in my, and I just kept saying, That's like, awesome. just saying, okay, God, kind of, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And so I just started writing. And so God told me to write down 20 things that, that I like to, that God has given me revelation right. on. right that I just say over and over again yeah. whenever I go somewhere. So I just so took good. one at a time. I just wrote down 20 and then every day I just be like, okay, I'm just, just going to take off that. one. I'm going to unpack yeah. that. And, it, and, and piece by piece, I began to write this book. I didn't have a title. I didn't know what it was about. I just, these are the 20 things yeah. in my mm-hmm. life that over 20 years of ministry, this is what God's given me. And so by the time I got done, <clears throat> I accidentally wrote two books wow. worth of information. Wow. When I got it to the book company of like, here's what I wrote. They were like, hey, we love it, but it's just way too long. And they said, imagine writing a book and no one ever finishes it. And so they said, you don't want to right. discourage everyone. So we're going to have to cut. Are you okay with the cut half of this out? Maybe save it for another book. And so we did that. Awesome. And then we didn't have a name. 
And so I just said, well, what do you, when you guys read it, what's, you know, I don't know what to name it. And yeah. they, they, they came up with this name, the book company. That's awesome. Out of the content. So I thought that was kind of cool that I guess the content that I wrote was really about what my life mission so is about, yeah. is declaring yeah. war on fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is really my story. <clears throat> this is my journey of a church planner. A, a, I guess you could say a story of a dreamer. Yeah. Um, you know, any dreamer is going to be Joseph with his coat of many colors and getting thrown into a pit. Have to, you're going to have to go through a process. You're yeah. going to have to be buried. Mm-hmm. And this is my story of declaring war on yeah. fear. And then I, my hope is that in telling you my story, it will encourage your story. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, so good. And, um, and some stuff I learned, like, I mean, as the pastor of Fearless Church, um, I, I went through a season of having anxiety attacks. I had never had anxiety attacks. I didn't even know what that was. I, I was driving on the freeway with my family on the way to an outreach on Halloween. And um, I love outreach. I love doing stuff with my church. And I thought I was having a heart attack. Wow. And my chest, my heart was beating out of my chest. And uh, we called the nurse line or whatever and to, so my wife could calm me down. And the nurse freaked me out more. She asked me every symptom and sure, she said, sure. sir, you're having a heart attack wow. right now wow. and you need to get to a hospital. My wife didn't believe that. And she, you know, she was right. I wasn't having a heart right. attack. And so then that made it worse because the person I care about the most is like, right. you're going right. to be fine. Get right. over it. And I'm right. like, I'm not fine. <laughs> you don't care. I got to take it. And so I had an anxiety attack sure. driving mm-hmm. my kids. I drove like a hundred miles an hour to the hospital. Mm. My wife screaming at me, my kids crying on an outreach night. I drove past the outreach mm. and went to the hospital. And um, just began a process that the, the doctor there that night ended up doing every test to show me that I wasn't right, having a heart attack. Right. And he mm. did that. He said, I'm not supposed to do this, but I wanted to do this because this happened to me in college. Wow. And I had an altar call in with this doctor. And I, I don't even know if he was a Christian, but he said in college, I, I was having anxiety attacks. I, I had to leave college for a while. I stopped going to movies. I stopped living life. And he said... I always thought I was having a heart attack. Mm. Wow. And that was like my maybe like 30th trip to the ER. Mm. I would secretly go to the ER just trying to, yeah. and they would laugh at me. They right. would look at me and they're like, you're not having a heart attack. You're fine. And But anxiety can mask itself into physical sure. things. Mm-hmm. I would, and, and so I later learned a lot of stuff about myself and I wrote about in this book. But um, there's something called a prophetic feeler. And, you know, it sounds weird. It sounds, you know, I've never heard of that. Right. But uh, just like someone could have prophetic vision, prophetic hearing, um, per, you know, that you can have, God can speak through a feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we call it discernment. Right, you right. walk into a room, I, I have a feeling someone here, you know, or I have mm-hmm. a feeling there's someone with depression in this room. And so mm-hmm. what was happening is I had this gift that I didn't understand. Wow. And I was thinking at times, so, so that night in the hospital, the doctor, when I came out, he goes, you're the hundredth patient I've seen in this room tonight with the same thing. Wow. And it hit me in that moment that I was living in a different city now. And I was the pastor called to the city mm. and God was allowing me to feel, to feel. Yeah. the burdens of some of the very people I was going to minister. Cause, mm. cause you can't minister to someone until you know what they feel yeah. and you mm-hmm. can hear about what they feel, but it's a whole different level Right. To know mm-hmm. what they feel when they're feeling mm-hmm. it. And, I, and it hit me as I walked down and people were in line holding their chest that were young. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, God, this is. And, and, and then I, through counseling, discovered about this prophetic feeling. And so mm-hmm. it was crazy because in me, it would take on a weird form. I would meet someone because pr- as pastors, we're always praying for sure. sick mm-hmm. people. Sure. Mm-hmm. We're always praying for pe- people to tell us their greatest need yeah. mm-hmm. in two seconds. You mm-hmm. don't know them. Right, they're right, crying. Right. You right. can feel their pain. And that was always hard for me. I didn't know why. Right. And uh, one time I met a guy with a brain tumor and for three months I had headaches hmm. and it was the weirdest. And, and so I went to the doctor thinking, I got a brain tumor. Yeah. I, got, I have the same right. symptoms that right. guy had. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, nothing, nothing, nothing. Christy was like, you're, cra- you're going crazy. My husband's going crazy. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Until I understood like, mm-hmm. okay, God, you are literally giving me a physical feeling of that man's pain. Mm-hmm. So I could pray for him. Mm-hmm. So I could fast for him. So I could, and so now, now I use that gift. If I'm in a room and that day I've been having a pain in my mm-hmm. side, mm-hmm. And my yeah. counselor said, "Hey, just just see what God right, does." See what mm-hmm. yeah. And so I'll say, 
hey, there's someone here with a pain in their right side. I'm not telling them I have this pain. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And at three right. o'clock it came on. I said, at three o'clock it came on. It's about a seven, you know, and people are like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I think, I don't know if there's one or two people. And so sure enough, wow. every time. And then when that person will get healed in the service, my pain would leave. Wow. wow. And so then I started seeing in the Bible, Jeremiah, the mm-hmm. weeping prophet. Right. Why was mm-hmm. he weeping? He right. was, he was connected. Mm-hmm. Jesus would weep and people's, and he mm-hmm. would feel their pain. And so it's a horrible and great gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they say people sure. with this gift should not live in Las Vegas right. or LA. <laughs> you should live. And uh, so since then I've actually zones. moved out of the city a little bit yeah. because I was living in such a zone. But all that is in this book. Wow. I had to take 30 days off from our church, actually 40 days. My wife ran the church. Mm-hmm. The church ran way better than when I ran it. <laughs> to all those people that don't want women to lead, I'm right, like, right. she did a well, way better there's job. That. It was way more organized. And, um, and I had to refined God's love for me. Yeah. And it wasn't even through just and and you see the picture of the the cover of this book. It's all crazy and and stuff. And and there's a there's a throne there that yeah. we put there. Yeah. And on the throne there's a there's a crown. Hmm. And um I, I think courage is not the lack of fear. Yeah. Because no, you never called anyone courageous if they didn't overcome something. True. Right. You true. Know, true. You're not just courageous because you had an easy life. Courage is the is the presence of fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's having the right fear in the presence of the wrong fear, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's having the fear of the Lord, the That's awe awesome. of God. And so I, I feel that 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 ruling that He has for us is in the midst of all the yeah. the noise and mm-hmm. the chaos. And so I had to find God again in that, and um, and I and and I just I just found Him in the simplicity of of His love for me. And I, the Bible says this: perfect love, yeah, mm-hmm. cast out fear. all fear. Mm-hmm. So for so long, I was trying to break fear by facing my fear. Yeah. And that works for some things, right? Mm-hmm. It worked for surfing for a little bit until someone said, there's a shark in the water with you. And then <laughs> no, all of a sudden it didn't work. Then I'm like, okay, I got to get yeah. break that fear or skydiving or whatever. But there are some fears yeah. that facing them actually makes it worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like when my kid was sick. Mm. It's like, that's right. trauma. That, yeah. that, that, mm-hmm. that, how do you face that fear and conquer it? You don't mm-hmm. face that fear by conquering it. Right. You face that fear. You, you don't you don't conquer it by facing it. And the Bible doesn't tell us to face our fears. Right. It tells us to face perfect love. Who's perfect love? Mm-hmm. That's Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then Jesus kicks fear out of our life. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I found I where his that. presence is, fear can't th- thrive because you have a greater fear. Yeah. And mm-hmm. fear is just really worship. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's, it's yeah, awe. Mm-hmm. And so when, we, when I had a fear of man or a fear of dying, I'm, I'm having a greater awe of death than I am of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we walk towards that, so that's this book, the, the just of this book is for the dreamers, the visionaries, those on a journey, those pioneering, um, and really like the greater the fear, the greater the evidence of the call. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the devil so only good. attacks, yeah. he's not omnipresent. Right. Yeah. So he's attacking you. He's trying to stop you from getting past your fear. In fact, fear is really afraid right, of to you. to paralyze you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's afraid of you. Wow embracing the call on your life. And so Mm -hmm. the greatest, the greatest, like sticking it to fear is to advance your call. Yeah. So good. Mm -hmm. So good. I love that. Mm -hmm. And there's this assumption, I would think that if you write a book on, you know, overcoming and declaring war on fear, that you don't have any fear. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or if you lead the fearless church, then you are. And I love that just the realness Mm -hmm. to go like, man, I'm leading fearless church and I'm struggling with anxiety. And, and I think it's probably so powerful to those within your body, within the congregation, within the church and those who are hearing this to go. Mm -hmm. Cause I think we, we don't talk about our, our struggles, our suffering. I mean, Paul did, I mean, Mm -hmm. all throughout scripture and we see Mm -hmm. it in Jesus, but I think it's such a powerful truth. I think the, 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 the picture of that for those that are out there, is you don't want to bleed on people. True. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do want to show them your scars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to bleed on those that are your mentors and so those good. that mm-hmm. are going to help heal you. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't want to bleed on everyone. I want to bleed to the doctor. Yeah. Hey, yep. doctor, yep. can you help? Right. Great physician, can you right. help me? Get that healing. Uh, yeah. Nurse practitioners, can you help me? So you get that mm-hmm. healing. So Jesus, when he showed the disciples his hands, he didn't show them his wounds, he showed them his scars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so he was healed. Mm. So he showed him his scars and they touched his scars, not right. touched his wounds. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a big difference in, you know, a generation being raw and real and here's yeah, yeah. all, here's where I'm bleeding. And I, right. and I thought of killing myself last night. Last no, night. Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. like, no, I have had those thoughts 
but here's what God did and through counseling and through ministry. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. I'm preaching. You don't want to preach about right. something so good. until like you have a wound, uh, a scar, because right. a wound says one thing. A wound says I'm hurting and I need right. you to, you right, need, right, right. I need you to mm-hmm. look after me. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, if you, once you're, if you're pro, if you're, saying your wounds to people that can't help you, mm-hmm. you're really a victim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a victor is wow. someone that's saying, hey, here's where, uh, a scar says two things. So I have a scar on my arm sure. from when I was like younger. And that scar, it doesn't hurt anymore. Right. How right. do you know you're healed? It doesn't right. hurt anymore. It, hurt. it itches. Somebody can touch it, it, it doesn't bother you. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. And you can touch it, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that scar says, I know what it's like to hurt so I can connect to your hurt. Yeah. But I also know what it's like to be healed. Yeah, so good. And I know know who can heal you. So good. And so, you know, I think as pastors, sometimes I'll catch myself. You need to do this. You need to do this. Here's what the word says. Here's right, the word right, says. right, right. But then it, it, I'll, I'll, it will hit me like, no, tell them that this is what I'm learning to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's because if you throw yourself under so the good. bus, you still throw them under the bus. So good. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but but it doesn't hurt as bad. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of my one of my guys that comes to our church, he goes, I love church because you just get this little little bit enough that you can chew on, but it doesn't ever feel like the pastor is pointing you out. Yeah. But he but he's talking right to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you can walk away and go, okay, I can do that. Right. In my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that I that's how it. we should preach. That's we should so we should preach. We're preaching to everyone. But we're preaching about what, how God brought me out. We're just mm-hmm. a beggar that has found the food. Yeah, mm-hmm. and here's sure, the food, and here's how it changed my life. I love mm-hmm. that, Jeremy. That is so amazing. So we'll throw all of the the links to buy the book in the show oh. notes and all of your information so people can follow uh, the fearless leader of Fearless Church yeah. and the Declaring War. And uh, we just thanks, man, for hanging out with us. I know that oh. you were with us last mm-hmm. night. Absolutely preached. Uh, uh, just a, a, an incredible message, yeah. um, just impacted our church deeply. Thank mm-hmm. you for making that deposit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm hearing people everywhere just talking about the, mm-hmm. the, the sense of what God did. And so thank you. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, I will not wait 15, <laughs> <That's okay>. 15 <laughs> if years. If you bring it back, I'm bringing my wife though, because you yes. should. have a nice For hotel real. that we stay yeah, in. That's yes. the whole point. We do a nice you hotel and we always guests. tell people yeah. like, bring your families. Oh yeah, you know, definitely we, will this is, And especially this time in Arizona, it's mm-hmm. the time to be here. As soon as you guys so. hear her preach, I'm not going to be invited back. I'm just going to roll with her and <laughs> carry like, her bags. Hey Jeremy, would you mind? You can come with her. there's a different level. That's awesome. I Well, she comes from that heritage of Oh man, it's not fair. And, it's not fair. Yeah, I'm like, it's awesome. not fair that you, this you did that you learned this in like three years. Yeah, and it took me thirty years. That's amazing. Trying. Well, that's that's such a blessing to see you guys doing yeah. what you're doing. So, yeah. thanks for coming to the table. Appreciate yeah. you hanging Thank out you with us, and uh, look forward to watching and see what God's doing, you know, through you. So, if you're out there and you're paying attention, you, you like what's going on, like it, subscribe, follow Pastor Jeremy, pick up the book. Uh, it'll it'll help your life as it relates to fear. So, good stuff. Thanks, man.